You're listening to Tech Talk Central. I'm glad to host, she's sitting just opposite me, Mrs. Alkistis Bonanos. Hello, Alkistis. Hello. She is associate researcher at the Institute of Astronomy, Astrophysics, Space Apps, and Remote Sensing of National Observatory in Athens. But you are based in uh, Pedeli Observatory. Correct. Yes, okay. our headquarters are in TCO, but uh, the, most of the researchers are based in Pedeli. Mm-hmm. And what are your interests, interests right now? Because you have many of them, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I originally started uh, my well. My main field is massive stars, working mm-hmm. on the most massive stars in the universe. These can reach a hundred solar masses, mm-hmm. and studying various uh, physical processes about these. For example, their fundamental parameters. Mm-hmm. Um, and another big question is how they lose their mass before they explode to supernovae. So this is another issue we're investigating. Uh, and looking at um, dusty stars because uh, as they lose their mass, they form dust, and then we can find mm-hmm. them. They're very bright in the infrared, so this is mm-hmm. one way we study them. But we have a couple other very exciting projects uh, that recently started actually last year, in 2015. Mm-hmm. They're projects uh, run, um, funded by the European Space Agency. The one is called the Hubble Catalog of Variables, so everyone probably has heard of the Hubble Space Telescope. Yeah, sure. Uh, and uh, our task is over three years to identify all the variable stars um, that are in, have been observed by the variable Hubble Variable stars Telescope. are those that uh, vary in their size or shape or uh, what, what? No, in their brightness. Brightness. In their brightness okay. over time. Um, so what uh, happened is Hubble has been observing for about 25 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the field of view is small, so there are small patches on the sky. And what um, my what colleagues at Space, Tel- Space Telescope Science Institute have done is analyze all the images ever obtained with the Hubble Space Telescope and created a catalog of photometry, so measurements of the brightness of all sources ever observed by Hubble. And our task is to take this catalog, the Hubble Source Catalog it's called, and find an algorithm Um, with, to determine which of these vary in brightness yeah, uh, yes. in time. So um, this is our task. We have a group of four postdocs and two PhD students at the National Observatory of Athens and several of our staff and colleagues from the University of Athens as well collaborating. And the Athena Research Center is part of this also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are So this is the working, first project. This is, yes, the first project. But the uh, second, I think, is more and interesting. The second one yes. is uh, very interesting for the public. It's very easy to relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Neliota. Mm-hmm. And it, the goal is to monitor the moon. Mm-hmm. for impacts uh, of uh, near-Earth objects. So there are various debris or objects from... Meteorites. Ast- meteorite, yes, small yes. pieces mm-hmm. from asteroids or comets mm-hmm. that are floating around in space. And some of them are uh, cross-intersect the orbit of the Earth, the Moon, and they collide. Now, on Earth, we have an atmosphere. So when these particles fall in the uh, in the atmosphere, they burn up, and we see a so-called falling star meteor, yeah. meteor shower. This. Uh, for example, the Perseid meteor shower mm-hmm. every August 12th yeah. that just passed. Uh, but in the moon, there's no atmosphere. So these particles uh, impact the surface directly. And they heat up and d- dissolve and create this flash, which lasts for a second or less. It's a very quick event. Uh, so what we're doing here, the, this ISA project Neliota, is to uh, upgrade our telescope. We have a 1.2-meter telescope near Corinth, near Chiato, so it's, it's called Crioneri, the area. Mm-hmm. So the Crioneri telescope, we're upgrading this because it was from 1975 and all the electronics and were, were pretty old. 
so we finally have this opportunity to upgrade it and use it for an inter very interesting project. Uh, and this upgrade happened over in the spring, summer, uh, by uh, DFM Engineering, a company from the U.S. that's an expert in upgrading telescopes. Mm -hmm. And uh, the goal is we're to run a 22-month observing campaign looking at the moon. So we have developed uh, as well a special instrument with two cameras observing in two bands at the same time, and they can observe 30 frames per second the moon, because we want to detect these very, very short events, we have to take many, many frames. And we want two to confirm that it's uh, actually something on the moon and not mm -hmm. something on the camera or something else. That's for how many months? So 22 months, starting in months. December. We're starting our campaign. We're doing tests now. Uh, we're very excited. We've taken our first light images of the moon Almost with our to cameras. the end of 2018. Yes, exactly. So till November 2018, we'll have yeah. our results and how many events we, de we detect. So they're actually... Uh, one, there's two other groups that are doing this in the world. There's a national. We're the third only? <laughs> and we're the third. So there's yes. the NASA Marshall Center in the US. Mm -hmm. There's a group in Spain. Uh, from, and from what I hear, their funding is running out. So they're not very well funded, very, very well staffed to do this. And the National Observatory of Athens is now the third group. And we actually have the largest telescope that's going to be staring at the moon for these lunar flashes. So we'll give the best results. Yeah, we, we will be able to go fainter, yes. which means we'll be able to detect even smaller particles mm -hmm. hitting the moon. Now, the group from NASA has published some results, and they've, they're able to detect about one event every two hours. Mm -hmm. And they're able to go down to about 10 grams. And if we go fainter, we'll be able to even go to lower masses than that. So small particles hitting lower the moon, than and we can 10 see it 10 from grams. Greece. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That will be a, a first. <laughs> yes. yes, that's yes, good. Yes, it will be. That's good, that's good. But so, also, uh, yes. it's quite exciting because, well, also, I'm also excited about the, uh, the, the rest of the time. So we can only observe the moon at certain phases. Uh, we're looking at the night side of the moon, so the non-illuminated side. So when it's full moon, we can't observe it. We have to look near quarter phase. Today or tomorrow. When now it's near full, full moon. moon, so now yeah. it's not very good either. So we want mm. the quarter phase, and we're looking at the non, the dark side. And uh, in order to see the contrast, the flash against the dark surface. <laughs> so that's about 10, month, 10 nights a month. The rest of the nights are available to do other science. And there's a lot of um, science that can be done with this fast, rapid observations that uh, I think is a new field and I'm very excited about. So we have the opportunity as well to look at other objects varying on the time scales of uh, minutes, hours. And we're uh, looking That's forward good, to this. Because we, we, I think that uh, we don't know so much about our closest neighbor. Yes, the moon. Exactly. It's uh, We've send more probes and some other planets are well, more uh, well understood mm -hmm. than the moon, the interior of the moon. Uh, so it's exciting. And also there are uh, satellites observing the moon and imaging the surface and, and discovering new craters. So we will be able to link the new craters with the impact that caused them as well. Tell me, Alkisti, I want to know what are the challenges and the opportunities for an astronomer? Uh, in Greece or in general? <laughs> <laughs> Let's say about Greece first. Okay. So the challenges uh, as working as a scientist, yeah, uh, sure. for example. Yeah. Um, well, we are able to do our work to a large extent. I think the erratic funding is a problem. Yeah. It's where the national grants are funded, are announced every four or five years or so. I think for the last decade or more, it's about that frequency. Whereas other countries have uh, yearly Announcement, so more opportunities to get grants. So that's uh, one challenge. Uh, and also that uh, 
when these things are announced, they happen usually quickly in a short notice. <laughs> for example, there's a deadline for Monday for mm -hmm. some uh, such funding. What would you propose to a young boy or girl uh, related to astronomy or STEM generally? Um, that's interested in pursuing mm. astronomy. Well, I think people should, uh, they should follow their passion. If that is astrophysics, they should do it. Uh, you learn a lot of skills that can be used in, uh, other jobs as well. If, uh, jobs in astrophysics, permanent ones are not, are not very many, but you do learn skills. And from what I hear, data science is the big thing. It's big a big topic. thing of the day. And uh, yeah. they're looking to hire people mm. with some programming knowledge and uh, analytical skills and problem solving. So if you you learn these skills through astrophysics, so there are jobs that you can find, so I wouldn't be so worried about that. I mean, if it's someone's their passion to do it, they should go for it and do their How best. How long it is hard. your passion? Hmm? How long it is your passion? How long it's been? Um, since I was a kid, maybe mm -hmm. six, seven. My okay. dad had been showing me the stars in the summer, mm -hmm. the dark mm -hmm. sky. And, and what what is your, uh, your vision now? What, uh, what, what do you want <laughs> to do in the future? Well, I want the National Observatory of Athens to raise even higher <laughs> and uh, be well known even abroad in our research and all our uh, and I, my colleagues and I that uh, our work is uh, recognized not recognized but that people hear about the National Observatory of Athens and they know where it is and what we do uh, and that we keep on the forefront of scientific discovery and use all the big the large telescopes out there. It would be great if we could join the European Southern Observatory, which we're not part of. I was in Germany at the end of August, and I visited the European Southern Observatory headquarters, and they have the mirrors of the EELT. This is the next-generation ground-based 39-meter diameter telescope. This is huge, and unfortunately, huge. Greece is not part of this, and that's a shame. Um, but we can still... Fortunately, they are generous, and they let uh, all scientists use it. <laughs> May your wish come true. Thank you. Thank you very much, Alkistis Bonanos. I'm Yanis Rizopoulos, and we are broadcasting live from Democritus NCSR. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.